Welcome, adventurers. If you have not yet listened to episode 10, please do so now. For the rest, something seems off about our man, Aram. What is his real business in the city of Borgin? Joel Rigetti's Speaking Stone Studio presents... Tales from the Dungeon No sign hung over the shop, but there were two red eyes, one above the other, painted on the rickety wood door. The symbol was commonly used to mark sellers of arcane wares and knowledge. A small bell clanged as Aram pushed open the door into the cramped little shop. Despite it being just past midday, it was very dark inside the shop. The only window faced the alley and was made of old thick glass covered in layers of grime and dust. It brought in almost no light at all from the outside, and other than that, the only other source of light was a single lantern hanging behind a small counter near the back of the shop. The shop was filled with an eccentric assortment of items. There were books on bookshelves along one wall. Mismatched tables and chairs in the middle of the shop were covered with vases, lamps, and varying sizes of boxes and jars made from every imaginable material. A coffin was propped up against the wall opposite the bookshelves next to a barrel of what seemed to be nothing more than sticks. There was an odd, acrid smell about the place. Aram was about to clear his throat, but just then a dark blue curtain was pushed aside from an opening behind the counter, and an old man with close-cut gray hair and a rare pair of glass spectacles balanced on the end of his nose came out. A smile came to his face as he placed both of his hands down on the countertop. Well, he said in a cheery tone, welcome to Didavir's many useful magical things. What can I do for you? What excites you about the arcane mysteries? As he spoke, he gestured to his shop as though it was the Vordama library in Jomato, and not a glorified broom closet in the back alley of Borgin's shadow district. Aram crossed the small distance from the door to the counter in a few steps and smiled in return, also placing his hands down upon the counter, saying, Well, I must confess, it is not the arcane I am interested in, but instead someone else who is. The old man pursed his lips. I see. Who might this someone be? Or do you speak of Dithavir himself? You are Dithavir, surely a soul came the old man's reply, a smile returning to his face. Unfortunately, it is not you that I seek, good Didavir, but a friend. Ah, and how would I know your friend? As I said, he has an interest in the arcane, and in particular, the Creus Dionadere of the Gimlin Woods. We were to meet here in Borgin, but he is a talkative and distractible fellow, and his interest in tales told round the fire often catches fancy. I have no doubt he has lost track of time. He is most likely holed up in one of the libraries or archives here in the city, but I have yet to run across him. I have been looking for him for two days now, and decided to expand my search to some of the more remote shops and purveyors of arcane knowledge to see if his flights of fancy might have taken him here. Ah, alas, my friend. I myself have only just arrived, 
from the magical and mysterious lands of Erdwind Vale. My shop has been open less than two weeks, and Ithavia's greatness and breadth of knowledge are not yet known to the people of Borgin. I have had very few customers so far, fewer than can be counted on these two hands, he said, lifting his hands from the counter and wiggling his fingers. And none have inquired about the Cries de Honadere. Dithavir added in a dramatic, if not mocking, tone, and then continued, Though I am afraid for your friend, that all I know of them show them to be nothing more than a contrivance of bard's tales from the time. I know of no evidence that has been brought to light in my time that would prove they were anything more than a myth. He will be saddened to hear this, good Dithavir, but just in case, might I describe him to you? A youthful face, talkative, with a rather quick pace to his speech. He tends toward the lean side, and in all his excitement forgets to brush his brown hair most days. He is partial to gray and green robes. I have heard some unflatteringly liken him to a squirrel. He also travels sometimes in the company of a stern half-elf and a gnome with a dwarf-like beard. Aram replied, standing upright, removing his hands from the counter. Surely I would remember any such as those, friend. But it is as I have said. None such have visited here. Dithavir finished, a look of confusion spreading across his face. As he spoke, Aurum calmly made his way around the counter to stand just in front of him. Dithavir, you have no idea how useful you have been, Aurum said as he moved with viper-like speed, grabbing the old man and quickly moving to put him in a chokehold. Dithavir's arms and legs flew about spastically, his feet drumming an erratic beat on the wood floor. The beat quickly subsided as his gasping breath became shallow, then stopped. Dithavir's eyes rolled back in his head, and his limbs fell limp. Good night, good Dithavir, Aurum said as he dragged the body back behind the blue curtain. My most humble apologies, Aurum pleaded. I know better than to read while I am still walking. Here, let me help you. Aram kneeled to pick up the scattered pile of books and scrolls that were sprawled haphazardly over the library floor. As his hands busied themselves gathering items, he continued, I just get so excited, I find myself reading before I even get back to my table. He looked up into the scrawny face of a man with unkempt brown hair. Think nothing of it came Alarion's cordial reply. If I could have seen over the stack of books and scrolls I was carrying, I would have seen you coming, and this could have been avoided. I am as much to blame. When the pile of books and scrolls was almost remade, Aurum retrieved one last book from the floor. It was an old tome bound in faded green leather. The title, which had been stamped into the cover, was worn and barely legible. Aurum held the book in front of himself, and squinted, reading aloud. Garmin's compendium of lore on the Gimlin Woods, he smiled. This is a most interesting read. You have read it? Alarion excitedly asked. Oh, to be sure. The Gimlin Woods have a fascinating history, rich with tales and legends, Aram said, placing the old tome on top of the stack. If you are an interested party, as it seems you are, you will love Garmin's collections of stories on the Creus de Onadere, a fascinating order of druids 
which are said to have existed some 500 years ago. They are widely thought to be fictional, but I am not so sure. Why, this is amazing, Alarion exclaimed. The Cries de Onader are the very topic I am researching. Well, Aram said, a most fortuitous meeting. I am Scarsim, a scholar here in Borgen. You could not be in a better place for your studies. And this volume, he said, patting the old green book, is a rare gem on the topic. Alarion's eyes twinkled with joy, his mouth slightly agape. After a moment, Alarion shook his head and extended his hand in greeting. I am Alarion, and followed in an amazed tone. I cannot believe my luck. The last four months have been slow going. You may be luckier than you know, good Alarion, Aram said while shaking hands. He leaned in with a smile and whispered, I have just two days prior made the acquaintance of a newcomer to our town, a collector of arcane lore and goods. His name is Dithavir, and he has just opened a small shop in the Shadow District. Alarion leaned in so close in his excitement that their noses almost touched. Aram looked around conspiratorially and then continued. We had the most delightful discussion on the topic of the Krias de Onader, and this Didavir told me that he was in possession of a book that he is quite sure is singular in nature, possibly written by a member of the Krias de Onader. Alarion's eyes widened, and without realizing it, he held his breath. Aram continued, I asked if I might see this book, but Didavir was unwilling to let it out of his shop without an outrageous sum of gold. Aram's voice dropped in disappointment, finally saying, Alas, my studies do not afford me the sum he was asking for. But you look like someone who may have the means to purchase it. Amazing, Valerian breathed. Skasim, truly you have been sent from the heavens. Didavir, you say? Aram smiled again. Didavir. Just so. If you take the east way almost to the wall and then turn down the third lane past the water tower, the shop is maybe two hundred paces down, on the left. The arcane eyes mark his door. Alarion stood. Thank you, Skasim. Thank you most vigorously. And then he turned and hurriedly left, in his excitement leaving the pile of books still stacked on the floor. One side of Aram's lips drew up into a smile. The small bell clanged as Alarion eagerly pushed his way through the door. As the door shut, he stood just inside, wringing his hands in excitement. His eyes darted this way and that, taking inventory of the many unique objects on display. He then turned to the bookshelves and hastened to them. Immediately, he began scanning the spines to read what they might contain. Aram passed quietly through the dark blue curtains and stood for a moment. He ran his hands over his head, feeling his close-cut gray hair and adjusting the glass spectacles so they sat just right on the end of his nose. Feeling confident that everything looked just as it should be, he spoke. May I help you? Alarion, engrossed in his search, jumped, letting out a small yelp. You startled me! He then held a hand to his chest and turned to face Alarion. Of course, that is not much of a feat when I am around books. Alarion smiled and then continued. I am so happy to find you open. 
I visited yesterday, but alas, your door was locked. Aram returned the smile. I am new to town, and still gathering wares to sell. Alas, this has my doors closed more than I would like. But you have found me now. What may I do for you? Good sir, you have a wonderful shop filled with many curious and intriguing things, but I will not mince words. I am here for one item in particular, one described to me by a common acquaintance. Alarion said as he crossed the room to stand in front of the counter. Aurum pursed his lips and asked, And who might this common acquaintance be? Scarsim the scholar, Alarion replied, and then even though they were alone in the shop, he leaned in and whispered, Is it true? Do you have a book written by the Cries Dionadere? Aram's smile deepened. Ah, yes, Scarsim, a knowledgeable fellow. I may have such an item, but if I did, I shouldn't part ways with it without a considerable payment. Alarion quickly reached into his robes, pulling out a small velvet pouch, and grasped it eagerly in both of his hands, a squirrel and his acorn. I am most determined to procure this book. I am certain that any matter of payment can be worked out. Aram eyed the pouch dubiously, placing one hand on the counter, drumming his fingers. You must understand, this is a one-of-a-kind item. The only known copy of its kind. I couldn't see myself letting it go for less than... Three thousand gold. Alarion skipped in place, a smile coming to his face. He opened the pouch, spilling its contents onto the counter. Aram's eyes widened. Alarion's hand quickly worked, sorting through an assortment of gems and coins. When this was done, he had pushed to Aram's side of the counter two magnificent sapphires. In the dim lantern light, the shape of a star could be seen in the face of each. Next to the gems was a stack of one hundred coins and ten neat stacks of ten. Alarion looked up. Easily the value of three thousand gold. And then, considering, he stacked ten more of the coins next to the pile. To cover any time it might take to exchange these for gold. Aram stared at the coin. Is that... platinum? It is, my friend. Aram inhaled. I guess I might have asked for more, he said with an impish smile. But alas, you have provided the named price. He reached under the counter and retrieved a rectangular object, covered and wrapped in oiled canvas, a rough twine binding it in place. He placed it down on the counter, held Alarion's gaze for a moment, and then pushed the bundle across the counter. This now belongs to you. Ever so slowly, Alarion untied the twine. With great reverence, he unfolded the canvas, revealing a book. It was nothing special to look at from the outside. The cover was rough and brown. It almost appeared as if to be made from bark, and there was no writing on it. Alarion cracked the book, his eyes rapidly moving as he began to read. He began to breathe heavily, a look of awe on his face. After completing the first two pages, he closed the book and delicately rewrapped it. Delivia? You have made me a most happy man. He then clasped the bundled book to his chest with one hand and rushed to the door, pulling it open. He scurried through the door and called. Orteval, fine snare. Our lucky break has finally come.
Aram carelessly searched through the shop, pushing containers aside, peering into jars, and picking up lids to view their contents. He turned to kick a chair in frustration, letting out a snarl. As he stood, arms on hips, his vision fell on the bookshelves, and then were drawn to a small wood box under a pile of three books. He walked over, removed the books, and tossed them to the floor. He then slowly cracked the lid and smiled upon seeing its contents. He had been on the road for months, and this would save him several days' travel. It was time for a well-earned rest. Aram took the box, double-checked the front door of the shop was locked, and then carried the box to the counter, placing it on top as he stepped behind. Aram reached to open the blue curtains a hand with. Didavir lay on the floor, hands and feet bound, a gag in his mouth. His eyes were still closed in a drug to sleep. Your long nap is almost over, friend Didavir, Aram said, drawing the curtain closed again. Aram turned back to the counter and opened the wood box. Inside, nested in rich blue fabric, was a small crystal ball, not much larger than a fist. In the dim light, Aram saw his smooth, bluish-gray head and yellow eyes reflected in the crystal's face. He reached out his hand, covering the ball, and concentrated. From beneath his fingers, a pulsing light began to emanate. As he removed his hand, the crystal ball continued to put off light, though its previously clear center was now a swirling cloud of blue, green, and gray. The cloud began to coalesce and take shape. Soon, a skeletal face could be seen within. Where eyes should have been burned two points of intense green light, and then a voice. Who calls me? Aram leaned closer to the crystal. It is I, Rot, Master. I found a wizard at last. The skeletal face peeled into a rictus smile. Rot, I am most pleased. And the book? Rot also smiled. He bought it from me just this day. A dry cackle issued from the crystal. Good. Good, at long last. And what did you make of him? Will he pursue the amulet on his own? He seems most single-minded, master. After he reads the book, I have little doubt that he will pursue anything else. You have done well, Rot. You will be most handsomely rewarded for your diligent service. Keep an eye on him, and do what you can to make sure he does not deviate from this path. It will be as you say, master. Rot bowed his head. The face in the crystal began to revert again to a swirling cloud. But as it did, Rot heard a fading voice from within. After all these years, I will finally hold the heart in my hands. And then the cloud vanished, and the light blinked out. What has just transpired? Who are the Krias, Deonidere? All these questions and more will be answered in tales to come. I hope you will stay tuned next week for the beginning of the last tale of Season 1. Best Laid Plans
don't really trust that arm guy. Hey, it's you. You're back again. Thank you so very, very much for still listening. Really appreciate all of the support, uh, all the listens. And it's just another opportunity for me to say, if you like what you're listening to, the best way you can help is tell somebody else, tell a friend, uh, leave a review, say something on social media. Any little bit helps. Uh, uh, You know, anything, everything. And I deeply, from my very, very bottom of my heart, appreciate uh, all of the love and support and listen. So thanks so much. And I hope to keep bringing more stories that bring you more interest and curiosity. So thanks for listening.